Amen. Before we have the announcements, we're going to turn, please, to the Scriptures, to the book of Judges and the chapter 6. The book of Judges, chapter 6, commencing to read at verse 25, please. Has to do, of course, with Gideon, the man who threshed wheat by the winepress and was mightily used. We read in verse 25 of Judges 6, And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. Build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock, in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. And when the men of the city rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down and the grove was cut down that was by it. And the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, Who had done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, had done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son, that he may die, because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. Joash said unto all that stood against him, Will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death while it is yet morning. If he be a god, let him plead for himself, because one hath cast down his altar. Therefore on that day he called him Jerubal, saying, Let Baal plead against him, because he hath thrown down his altar. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet. Abiezer was gathered after him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher and unto Zebulun and unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. And if the dew be upon the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early in the morrow, and thrust the fleece together, and wringed the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. Amen. 
We know the Lord will bless to our hearts the reading from his precious and inspired truth. At this stage of the service, amen. We'll turn, please, to the scriptures this morning, to Judges chapter 6. With our Bible open before us, let's just bow, please, in a brief word of prayer. Lord, we turn to thy word just now. We pray for help in delivering it. We pray for receptive hearts in receiving it. Grant, Lord, that the word will have an impact on our lives as believers and even speak to the unsaved if there be any such among us this morning. Lord, hear us and answer prayer. Give help from heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure you've all heard the story, the true story, of the Battle of the Alamo. Very famous event in the history of the United States of America. Many films have been made about it. All the big names played the parts. It was a small mission church in San Antonio, Texas. It was the year 836. Texas declared itself independent of Mexico. And the Mexican army under General Santa Ana came to fight. He came with 3,000 men, heavily armed and trained, against a handful. The word to them was this, surrender or fight or run. Colonel W.B. Travis drew a line in the dirt in that little mission compound. He said to all the men gathered, step across this line and it'll indicate to me you're going to fight. But remember this, you'll die. You'll all die. All but one individual stepped over the line just signing their own death warrant. And they all died. Davy Crockett, Jim Bowie, the famous Bowie Knife, and others, all of Ulster stock, at least these men were. For them, there was no turning back. And they were all put to death and paid the supreme price. Word was taken back to General Sam Houston. He may well be a relative of Sam, I don't know. I can't remember what Sam told me. But that was his name. And he vowed that that act would be revenged with And there was a new battle cry for the soldiers of the American people. Before they ran into battle or advanced to battle, they used to cry, Remember the Alamo. Now you and I would be familiar with our battle cry in Ulster. Remember 1690. Problem is, 
Many people don't matter and I don't care, so they don't remember. But that was the battle cry that stayed like that with the American forces right up until the bombing and Pearl Harbor. Then it was remember Pearl Harbor. But the whole nation was moved by the courage and fortitude of these handful of men. Now Gideon, of whom we've been reading, he had an Alamo experience in his life. God drew a line. And this mighty man of valor, as he's called, stepped over it and entered into conflict, the result of which he roused the whole nation. Folks, listen. One man can make a difference. And Gideon certainly did. I want to draw your attention to this event and just notice a few things, practical things, that I hope will be of help to us all. The first thing I say is this. Gideon was given a task that was difficult. Not an easy thing to do. Verses 25 and 6 tells us of the setting. The Lord said to him, Take your father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down, that's a great expression, the altar of Baal. Throw it down. It's the one that your father has. This was in his own family. And cut down the grove that is by it. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place. And take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Now that wasn't particularly difficult physically. But in these circumstances, it was extremely difficult. And you'll notice if you read the passage or if you read it even at home carefully, there were three times, three occasions in a short while that Gideon tests God. He does it in verse 17 of the chapter 6 that we've read together. He said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, show me a sign that thou talkest with me. He did it in verse 30, 37 again of chapter 6. I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew in the fle- be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth, then I shall know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand. And he does it the third time in verse 39. Don't let your anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. Even this mighty man doubted the reality of what God had told him. You see, fallible men and women are inclined to do that. We all have done it, and we will all do it. But at least he put out the challenge and the Lord responded responded to that. And you'll read there in chapter 6 of Judges how much the people of God were in bondage. Look what it says, verse 1. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. 
And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. This was an idolatrous people. They put other gods before God, Jehovah. They were in rebellion. And Gideon's own father was involved in it, as verse 25 tells us. Cut down the altar of Baal that thy father hath in the very household of Gideon. This idolatry was rampant. Now Gideon had to put this right before God would use him to deliver Israel. Note the instruction. Take a young bull and a seven-year-old bull and pull down the altar of Baal in verse 25. And then in verse 26, he's told to offer and sacrifice the second bullock. Probably Joshua's, Joshua's own, Joash's own bullock. It was probably going to be sacrificed to, to Baal, so the commentators all suggest anyway. Now Gideon used it to destroy the altar of Baal. Notice that the second bullock was seven years old, the same as, Gideon, as Israel's year of oppression. Someone said seven years of oppression went up in the smoke of obedient service. He did what he was told. It was a difficult task. Beloved, it's hard to stand for God sometimes in your own home. Sometimes your own family are your biggest obstacle. I know it was a worry to me when first I came to Christ. How are the family going to react? I have an aunt that knew me very well. Now dead, of course, but she would not believe for a long time that I had become a Christian, or good living, as she called it. She just couldn't believe it. Not you, she said to me. The worst villain in the place, it couldn't be you. But it was me. And she lived to know that. And actually sat in some meetings that I had the privilege of preaching at. How she died and what state she was in, I don't know. I just know that she heard the gospel. Along with my mother in the same meeting. Thankfully, mom came to Christ years before she died. But my aunt, I don't know. I don't know. Throw down the altar of Baal. Not just take it apart, you know, piece by piece. Throw it down. In an attitude that says, I hate this thing. There was an altar of Baal found at a place in Israel called Megiddo. That's where it's reckoned the Armageddon armies will assemble in the last times. But that's by the way near the Dead Sea. It was 25 feet square and four and a half feet high. It was made of stones and cemented with mud. Gideon needed these bulls and ten men, as we read it, he took ten men 
had to go and do this. And that's before Midian could be dealt with. The idolatry had to be put to death, as it were. Finished. Before the Lord would deal with Midian through Gideon. This task, it involved a willingness to destroy. You see, there's some things in your life, folks, you might have to destroy. God might tell you there's things in your life that aren't right. And you need to stop them. You need to quit them. You need to throw them down. No idol in our hearts should keep us from blessing. And I don't know what idols you have. I know what idols I had. And they had to be put away. It could be a girlfriend. It could be a a habit that you need to break. With many people I know, it was smoking. They couldn't give up the, the cigarettes. They found it so hard. With others... It was drink. And some it was drugs. Oh, thank God for the multitudes that have been delivered completely from all of these things. But some never got the victory. You need to get the victory. If you have a bail, an idol in your life, whatever it is, needs to be gotten rid of. There's a willingness to destroy. There's a work to do, verse 26. Offer this bird sacrifice. Oh, the blood's always involved in the cleansing, isn't it? If you study the passage, you'll see that from verses 17 to 24, Gideon gets himself right in his heart. Then in verse 26, it comes down to getting things right in his home. And folks, you can do that. Get it right in your own heart. Get it right in your own home. Now it caused a problem. Look at verse 28 there. The men of the city rose early in the morning. Notice that? How early the idolaters rose to their business of worship. They didn't lie on half the day. I don't know what you feel, but I believe, and I, from experience, I know the early time of the morning. To me, anyway, it's the best time to take your quiet season with God. But they were up early. They rose early. And saw the altar was cast down, and the grove was cut down, and the second bullock was offered. This was all done before they even got, and they got there early, mind you. Then in verse 30, the men of the city said to Joash, bring out thy son. They found out, I don't know how they found out, for this deed was done at night, but they found out. He hath cast down the altar of Baal and, and cut down the grove that was by it, and he has to die. Isn't it amazing that Baal took precedence over Jehovah here? The God that delivered Israel from bondage and darkness. This is a real tragedy, you know. But here you see it. Now the amazing thing is that Joash 
came to the defense of his son. He says in verse 31, Will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? He that would plead for him, let him be put to death while it is yet morning. If he be a god, let him plead for himself. This man has turned around. Whatever happened, he's now springing to the defense of Gideon. His conscience was pricked. Ever happened to you? It's happened to me. Now he has a new name given here. In verse 32, Jerubbabel. Although it pronounced differently by some, but it's a new name. You know what it means? Baal's conqueror. That's what it means. Great thing to conquer Baal. To beat the idol. To see it defeated. What this lesson teaches me anyway, and I hope the rest of us, Gideon's life had an effect on others. I wonder, does mine and does yours? How we live the Christian life, shining in a dark world, can influence others for Christ. Is that what we ought to look for? I remember many years ago, a young girl, and I'm talking now 40 odd years ago, Travelling in a bus in Belfast. In those days, there were conductors in the buses. She just got on the bus. She sat there. She said nothing. She didn't know the conductor was watching her. Before she got off the bus, he went over to her. and He said, would you tell me something? Are you good living? Well, she says, if you're asking me if I'm saved or not, She says, yes, I'm saved. He knew by her very demeanor sitting in that bus that she was different. As far as I remember, I'm not 100% sure, but as far as I remember, that young man came to the church in the Martyrs Memorial as a result of that and got converted himself. You see, you don't know who's watching you, do you? But the influence for good, for good is something that we can all exercise. And certainly, that was done here. A task that was difficult, very quickly. A truth that was divine. Verse 34 says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet. And Abiezer was gathered after him. Now, verses 2 to 4 will tell you that Israel had lost their freedom. They had lost the fruit of their ground. They had lost their food. This people were completely overwhelmed by Midian. And one man, one man blew the trumpet. Midian is a word that means strife. 
And oh, beloved, we can't emphasize enough. And I'm retired now from the ministry, as you know. And it doesn't be the same for me now, but we must avoid at all cost strife in God's church. We must oppose the spirit of Midian that will bring harm and sow discord among brethren. It cannot be. It says in that verse at, uh, 34, it's very interesting. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. That's literally in the original saying, clothed himself with Gideon. Think of that. There's a similar turn of phrase in Hebrew in Genesis 28 about raiment. It means raiment to put on. Clothe yourself. Here's a man that was clothed in the power of the Holy Ghost. And friend, didn't he have to be? How could he have done what he did? With the 300 men that lapped and didn't kneel, all the rest of it, if he hadn't the power of the Holy Spirit. This was a truth, and it is a truth, and it's divine. It's literally that the Holy Spirit took possession of Gideon. Over there in 1 Corinthians, I think it is. 1 Corinthians, is it chapter 6? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and the verse 19. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Young girl said to me years ago when I warned her against going to some dubious place of entertainment I said you know you're not your own you just can't live your life doing what you want to do she said I'm going anyway and she did and she suffered for it you're not your own friend you can't do what you want to do all the time we should be people led of the Lord in the things that we do, the decisions we take, the life we live. How vital this is. You know, clothes don't fight their wear. Isn't that right? We are clothed with God's Spirit. Then he blew the trumpet. You know what he was doing? He was declaring war on Midian. The flesh, the idolatrous flesh, was going to be defeated. He sent messengers throughout all Manasseh. He also was gathered after him messengers to Asher and Zebulun and Naphtali. And they came up to meet them. His own family, that at one stage of Manasseh wanted to kill him, now rallied to his support. His actions, godly actions, changed their minds and their hearts. And the whole crowd no longer desired to put him to death. They rallied to his help. And you know, it was all down to this one thing. The Holy Spirit and his life. 
The Holy Spirit makes a difference in the Christian life. Ye shall receive power, says the, says the word. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Do you know anything of this? Do I know anything of this? The power of the Spirit. Here's a truth that's divine. The Bible exhortation is this. Be ye filled with the Spirit. And that in Greek is in the tense that suggests continually, constantly, all the time. You know the early believers in the church, there were days when they were filled with the Spirit. We read of the same people later on, like Peter and the rest of them, and they were filled again. This is not a once for all, never to be repeated thing. It's not like redemption. This is an ongoing process that only culminates and consummates when you're in the glory, perfected in Christ. Remember that. The truth that is divine. Here's the last thought very quickly. A test that was definitive. Gideon encouraged by the response. Some 32 thousand that's what he started out with you remember and ended up with 300 that's another story but he made these almost challenges to God about the fleece and the Jew and you know them we don't need to even go over this but it's all there from verses 36 to 40 how could that be done One day the Jews and the fleece only, the next day the fleece is dry and it's only on the ground. That was a miracle of the God who controls nature. You remember the Lord Jesus on the boat when the waves beat into the ship? The men, expert fishermen, were almost overwhelmed. And the Lord stood up. That's a remarkable thing in itself. A boat that's bouncing about like a cork. People clinging on to everything they could get to to stay on board. Jesus stood up. Peace be still. Literally, lie down. And immediately, there was not only a calm, there was a great calm. Folks, you can trust the God who controls nature. And Gideon learned that the miracle of the fleece oh we must ever stick to the scriptures we must ever trust the Lord Henry Ford and I finish is a very famous name in motor car history he's the man when he first produced the model T Ford said to his customers you can have any colour you want as long as it's black he stuck with that but a young man was out in the car and happily when he broke down Henry Ford was passing by I don't know the full circumstances of course and he came over to the car and he helped the young man he did something for a few minutes and he said to the young man it'll work now the young man said, how do you know? He says, I'm Henry Ford. I made it. 
And you know, that's like the Lord in a sense. Things will be all right in your life because the Lord has mapped it out. The Lord has planned it. All we have to do, beloved, today is yield to him. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. Help us, Lord, to surrender to thee. May the Lord bless these few thoughts to all of our hearts. Maybe we could.